friends. Welcome to The Robin Graham Show. I'm so grateful you're joining me for another episode where we dive into entrepreneurship, faith, mental health, and so much more. I'm your host, Robin Graham, a brand strategist, business coach, and mentor. Join me every week to learn how mindset, strategy, and action combined will produce the results you were dreaming of. Discover your purpose and follow your God-led callings, values, visions, and passions to create a personal brand and strong foundation for long-term success. The sky is the limit when we spend time with like-minded people. Through interviews and solo episodes, we'll be diving into inspiring stories, life and business journeys of failure and success, and the strategies and tools used along the way. Ready to learn? Grab your cup of coffee, the car keys, or the dog's leash, and let's dive in to this episode. Hey, listeners. Today, I have a super guest. We are going to have a fun conversation that is going to help everyone with the back end of their business and driving traffic to their website. So we're not going to talk in nitty gritty detail about SEO, which you might be thinking, but we're going to be talking about Pinterest. And I have an expert Pinterest person here today and we're going to dive in. And I hope that you guys find this super beneficial. I know we're using Pinterest in my business and I find it an excellent tool to drive traffic to the website and I can't wait to dive in a little bit deeper, learn a little bit more and share Rachel with you guys. So without further ado, Rachel Lingom, welcome to the Robin Graham show. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm so happy you're here. This is one of those things that I love Pinterest. And I know for so many years, people thought of it as a DIY resource and it still is. But there's so much power behind it to drive traffic to your website and to help grow your business. And if you're an expert in anything, it's a great place to showcase your expertise through sharing blog posts, sharing organic posts, and just sharing other people's posts and all of those good things. So I personally am really excited to dive into this. So with that being said, will you tell the listeners a little bit about you and how you got to this point of your journey? Yeah. So I started off getting my master's in social work. So definitely was not planning on being an entrepreneur. I lived in Africa, met my husband there. Um, And when I graduated in social work, we moved to Florida. He started an equestrian business and I could not find a job with my master's. Um, So we ended up struggling financially on food stamps, negative $400 or checking account. And I was a part of a network marketing company at the time. And I saw other people having success and I was like, they could do it. Why can't I? So I started growing that business and using social media, specifically Facebook and Instagram. And I built my Facebook fan page to 50,000 followers, my Instagram to 20,000. And it worked really well. I was able to post and you know get thousands of comments. It was awesome. Then the logarithm changed and I was like, oh, it's not working anymore. So I focused on my blog and Pinterest and I started getting traffic through Pinterest and I actually started teaching people in my network marketing company, how I was using Pinterest to get new people onto my team and new customers and everything. And that network marketing company um, restructured my income was cut in half. And I was like, I'm not in control here. I have to do my own thing. And when it was come time to like think of what am I going to do when I do my own thing? I'm like, well, I'm really good at Pinterest. And I've had a lot of people ask me about it. So I started teaching people Pinterest. And now we've had, you know, 6,000 students go through our online programs, been able to live in France and Senegal and America. And it's been a lot of fun. Oh my gosh. That's awesome. So is your husband still in the equestrian world or no? He is. Oh yeah. That's like his hundred percent passion. He's so good at it. 
let's dive into Pinterest. Yeah. Um, I love that you have been able to travel all over the world and still serve over 6,000 people. That's super cool. But let's talk about Pinterest and how do people even get started with Pinterest? So I know for us, like we have our boards and we, you know, use the blog post, we use the podcast, we'll take what we put on Instagram and put that on Pinterest. I mean, we do a whole realm of things, but I'm just curious, like where does someone start? Yeah. So biggest thing is take your account and transfer it to a business account which will take you like two seconds. It's super easy and claim your website. And then just decide on who do you want to serve in your business and on Pinterest? Cause you got to have a really specific niche that you're targeting. And one of the things I love teaching my students to do is to do some keyword research on Pinterest. And so you just start typing in the search bar on Pinterest, a phrase that you think your ideal client might be searching for. And Pinterest will start to autofill that phrase. And that will be a long tail keyword or a short phrase that you can use in the content that you're putting on Pinterest. So example, I'll actually do this with you right now because it's fun. If you go to Pinterest... And then let's do the example intermittent fasting and I'll start typing that in right now. So I go to the search bar and I start typing intermittent fasting, and then it starts to have these different options that will drop down. So if I do intermittent fasting women, and then there's even more specific search terms that start to pop up. So intermittent fasting women over 50, intermittent fasting women, beginner intermittent fasting women hormones. So I do intermittent fasting women hormones, nothing else shows up in that drop down menu. So that's the most specific long tail keyword that I can use. So if I were to be creating content around that topic, I'd be doing intermittent fasting women hormones. And I'd be talking about that creating content based off of that. So do you have to use that phrase exactly as it is, or do you use no, a combination you, of those words? Yeah. So you, it can be spread out within like a sentence. So want to learn how to balance your hormones by using intermittent fasting as a woman could be an okay. example of how we, you would use that. Got it. And so you could use that as a search to create your keyword or key phrase for a blog post. Yeah. Because you know, people are searching for that. Yep. Awesome. Okay. So. Okay. So that's how you get started. You can niche down, decide who you're speaking to and start creating content based on the keywords, key phrases that you need to use in order for that audience to discover you. Exactly. And I just want to point out, do you see how specific that, that phrase is that we found? Mm -hmm. So we're not just helping everyone under the sun losing weight. We're not just helping everyone with their fitness. Cause if you do that, you're never going to show up at the top of Pinterest. We're right. finding something really, really specific. And in this case, it, we're helping women over 50 balance their hormones with intermittent fasting. Yeah. I love it. That's so yeah. such a great tip because that's yep. the, that is the concept behind blogging and SEO as well. So if you get used to doing that in Pinterest, you can create more valuable totally. blog posts that more people are going to find. Totally. Okay. So is there a science behind creating boards and the type of pins that you do? So the boards, you want to be using long tail keywords as well in the board titles. So Pinterest is going to pull different metrics from... So when you upload a pin, it'll pull content that you put in that pin description, right? It'll mm -hmm. also pull content based off of what board you pin it to first. And so that board should be niched down using long tail keywords as well. And so you don't want to title your board like things I love or like something cute, you know, that no one would be searching for. You want to get strategic with those board titles as well. Oh, that's awesome. That's something we haven't done yet. They do have some keywords, but not 
they're not like keyword stuffed. So, you know, right. like maybe we have coaching or business coaching, but we don't have a long tail like, keyword business coaching for women over 50 or something yeah. like that. So, yeah. okay. That's great. That is super cool. Now we have our boards. Now we're going to start creating pins. What type of pins do we want to put on these boards? How are we going to have the biggest impact or get the most eyes on those pins? Yeah. So you want to test like everything in business is about testing, like marketing is testing. And so it's hard to say specifically what would work for you and your business and your industry. What I'll say is that you should test out different kinds of pins. So let's say you create one blog post about intermittent fasting for women's hormones, right? Mm -hmm. You could create a static pin for that blog post, which is just has text on it. Mm-hmm. And you could actually test out a couple of different headlines for that text that you would put onto that pin. Mm-hmm. And so you could test out intermittent fasting for hormones or like we use the advanced marketing Institute headline analyzer, which mm-hmm. I'll say that again. So your audience can write it down because this will be your new best friend. It's my favorite tool and it's free. And I use it for everything in my business. It's the advanced marketing Institute headline analyzer. And so we use that to test the emotional marketing value of a headline that we're creating. So this you could use for the email subject lines that you're doing. You could use it for when you create an opt-in page, the headline on the opt-in page on your sales page and the headline, the text that you're going to put on that pin. And so you could do several different headlines that you're going to put on that pin. And so if you're using Canva, which is what we use to create pins, you mm-hmm. just create one and then you hit duplicate and then you can do it again and then hit duplicate. So it makes it really simple. So you could test out different color combinations, um, different headlines. And then I would test out creating animated pins and video pins, which again, in Canva is done so simply when you're creating a pin, you just hit animate (laughs) and then you can select different forms of animation. So I would just test out different styles of pins to see what's going to resonate best with your audience. I love that. That's what my Pinterest manager has been doing as well. And it's funny some of the graphics I'm kind of like, Oh, that's really not me, but those are the ones that people seem to like. It converts. I know. Exactly. So it's really kind of funny and that people seem to love like colors and you, know, you want to have a bold, like a bold color in there because yeah. you want to think about you're on Pinterest and you're scrolling on your phone. You got to get something that's going to stop their scroll. And that's going to be big, bold text, bold colors. And a lot of times if it's like an animated or video pin, that'll get them to stop their scroll as well. Yeah, absolutely. Which stopping the scroll is the key, right? To get yep. people to engage with your content. Okay. So When we talk about, so you you mentioned animated pins, video pins, static pins, what are idea pins? Yeah. So think of it kind of like Pinterest stories, like Instagram stories. I was literally just talking about this yesterday on a podcast. So Pinterest likes to, their search engine, right? It's a search engine. And the goal of Pinterest has been to take people off of the platform into your content in the past, correct? Mm Mm-hmm. Pinterest likes to screw around sometimes and create different things on the platform to test it out. So they came up with Pinterest communities, which is kind of like Facebook groups. Um, They got rid of that. Now they have idea pins. I don't know if this is going to stay because with an idea pin, it's kind of like a story, like Instagram stories. So Mm -hmm. you can actually repurpose Instagram stories, put them on Pinterest. You can't click through to your website from the idea pin, which is like the whole point of Pinterest in the first place. Right. Yeah. You know, so like, I'm like kind of confused. I'm like, Pinterest, what, what's your goal here with this? What are you doing? Cause it's keeping people on the platform. However, the views that people are getting on idea pins are a lot higher right, right. now. So Pinterest wants people to create idea pins. So it's going to help you boost engagement with your followers. And so 
you might not well you might get new followers from idea pins but the the goal with those would be add value and then i always have a call to action at the end of the idea pin to like check out this post so an example we might create a blog post and it might be like five tips to xyz in the idea pin we might put the first three tips and then on the last slide we might say hey to get the last two tips go to this easy to remember url mm-hmm. Right now it's still new. Like it's a new feature on Pinterest. So I would just test and play around with it and see like, all right, what happens if we give people the call to action to get off of like to go to our blog post and visit it? What happens if we tell people to click on our profile? Cause you can do that within the idea pin, the next pin. Um, so play around with it. Have fun. Yeah. I think that's the key, right? Like you said, test, 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 and then test everything. have fun and just explore and yep. see what works for you. Because I think it's different for everyone. Yeah. So, which leads me to my question, are there specific types of businesses that have more luck with Pinterest versus others? Like say a business coach like myself versus a fashion blogger? Not necessarily. Like I've, we've had, you know, going through our Pinterest program over 2,300 students have gone through that course and we've seen all different kinds of industries. And so I've spoken on stages at real estate conferences, teaching realtors how they can use Pinterest. Like I've, as long as within that industry, you're able to find the right long tail keywords and use that appropriately. I don't see why any business can't see success on Pinterest. Yeah, that, that's good to know. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause there are so many things you could use it for. And my clients are so diverse in terms yeah. of what they do. And so this is, this is fabulous information for, for me, because then I can keep encouraging them to use Pinterest and mm-hmm. just teaching them how to use it. Yep. Okay. So when we, when we talk about um, creating pins, creating content, there is a platform called Tailwind that people can use to schedule. So what is your opinion about Tailwind and using it? Do you, we have seen that we get um, higher, I guess, views and more engagement when we use Tailwind. Is there a connection there? And should, should everyone be using Tailwind? I think purely for the simplicity sake of being able to upload to Pinterest on a schedule and schedule pins out on Tailwind, you should use it. Um, I think it's definitely worth it. I mean, you can get started for free and then you could always upgrade to have other features. So I think it's worth it for just being able to schedule and save time. Mm-hmm. And then to be able to collaborate with other pinners using Tailwind communities as well. So we love it. We use it. Our students use it. Yeah. That's, and we are using it too. Now, in Tailwind, this is a more specific question about Tailwind, but in Tailwind, you can schedule repins. So if you have a pin and then you can repin, what does Pinterest, what is their viewpoint or how does the algorithm view repinning? Like I've heard yeah. mixed things like, yeah, you can repin. And we were doing that for a while and our views were sky high, like up to like a million views. And then wow. We stopped doing that because we heard that Pinterest was going to like switching gears and they weren't going to, they didn't want you repinning the same pin. The graphics needed to be different, needed to be unique. So we stopped doing that. And then we had like a transition where we stopped using, we stopped doing as many pins a day and our numbers dropped dramatically. So now we're like climbing back up, but I'm curious to know, like, is there an advantage to repinning pins or should we be creating all new graphics for the pins? How much, how much difference do they need to be? Yeah. Good question. Um, so you typically want to follow what Pinterest says is 
best practices, which current best practices is you don't want to repin the same pin every day to the same board, right? Because that's what was happening. People were just sharing the same pin over and over and over again, and it was becoming Mm -hmm. kind of spammy and not a great user experience. And Mm -hmm. so they're thinking about the user experience of the pinner, right? Yeah. So if you're going to share the same pin, just spread it out and maybe like I would create a different image for it. I would test out. So if you want to do like a video pin, a static pin, test out different forms, you could have like seven different pins that lead to the same blog post and you could even pin them to different boards as well. When it comes to just sharing the same pin, if you're going to do that, I would just space it out. Like definitely no more than a month in between those two. And do them on different boards, not do them yeah, on the same ideally, board. Ideally. Yeah. We were doing them on different boards, but um, doing them more often than once a month. So I guess that's probably. Yeah. Okay. And cool. everyone's account is different. So if they're not penalizing you and you see your views keep increasing, I see no problem doing it. <laughs> It's whatever works for you, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. And then you mentioned these collaboration pins. Mm -hmm. So I know on Instagram, there's collaboration pins, there's or posts, there's collaboration reels, and I just haven't figured all that out yet. Um, But can you tell us how to do that or what, what we should be thinking or considering when Yeah. So that's within Tailwind Communities. So you can join a community of people that have your ideal client within there. Mm, And what happens is you'll share a pin within there. And typically within the community, they have like the admin has a rule. So every pin that you upload to the community, you need to share somebody else's pin. Okay. So it's a one-to-one ratio typically. And so when you go in there, you share yours and you share somebody else's. And so that's just going to help you get more exposure. And then you work with other pinners and everyone wins basically. Oh, I love that. We've never done that. So how do you find these? I guess there's just, you go to collaborations on communities Tailwind yeah, communities, communities on Tailwind. and then, mm-hmm. and then that will like all the communities that yep. they yeah, have so you can just come hit, up and you, you can just, just start choose. searching. Yep. Oh, awesome. Okay. That's yep. kind of like on, on LinkedIn. There are the, the groups on LinkedIn that you can join and they're like-minded people, like-minded audiences and that kind of thing. And you can post in those groups on LinkedIn. So same kind of, same concept. Yep. Okay. Wow. Okay. So we've talked about how to start. So that's a business account. We talked about um, creating the boards, then creating the pins. We talked about the difference between pins, Mm -hmm. static, animated video and idea pins and Mm -hmm. the value that you can provide with each. And then we talked about tailwind and we talked about keyword research, which I think was the biggest tip Mm -hmm. that you could give or the best tip. What else? What are, what are we missing? You've had a lot of really good questions so far. So this is great. They're getting like in depth. Um, What's missing is making sure your blog on, so like you're, you have everything on Pinterest set up correctly, but you got to make sure your blog is optimized for that Pinterest traffic. And so the ultimate goal with Pinterest is to build your email list. It's not to go for the sale right away. And it's also not to send them to an opt-in to build your email list. It's we're creating content on our blog to build a relationship with that pinner 
to then get them on our email list. Because that person, if you send them to an opt-in or to a sales page, they're not going to give their name and email and they're not going to buy because they have no idea who the heck you are. Mm -hmm. Right. But if you send them to a blog post first, we're able to add value and then give them a call to action where, Hey, if you enjoyed this, you're going to like this thing. That's super related. That's going to help you X, Y, and Z. They'll be much more likely to give you their name and email. And then when they're on your email list, that's when you can market your, your offer. Mm, So that, so the idea then is that call to action in the blog post should be to the lead magnet versus yes. putting the link to the lead magnet on Pinterest. Exactly. Aha. Gotcha. Okay. Interesting. So we've been doing that backwards. I mean, of course, in the blog post, we have different you know calls to action and stuff like that, but that's interesting because we were posting the lead magnets on, on Pinterest, but they don't convert. They don't convert. Right. Aha. That's why. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And here I am. Like I'm speaking the truth that I always say to my clients and everyone else is that you have to build trust first. So that's yep. why that's why they don't convert. Exactly. Yeah, so obviously that's a brilliant strategy. Yep. What are some of the key what are some of the other key calls to action that you recommend for your clients to take when trying to convert people from Pinterest to the website and then to a client? So within the pin description itself, they need to have a reason why they need to click through and check out that post. A lot of people miss that part and they just ask them to like share it or they give them all the info they need on that pin. So they don't have any reason to actually click through and read the post. Mm -hmm. So you want to give them a juicy reason why they have to click through and come to your blog. Then when they're on your blog, you need to give a juicy call to action for them to get your freebie. And you got to give them more than one. So we typically have one at like the top of the post within the post, the bottom of the post and a pop-up just because they need to see that repetition a few times for them to actually move and take action. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And what about rich pins? So on, so when you go in Pinterest and you set up your business account, Mm -hmm. there is the option to claim your website. Mm -hmm. So that I think is called rich pins. I'm not for sure, but you actually get a meta, a meta code then. And that meta code goes into your website and then that little P so that people can pin from your website to Pinterest goes on. Right. Right. So those are two different things. One is like you're claiming your website with Pinterest. So Uh that's one thing. Second thing, rich pins. It's just one other step that you can take when you're setting up your Pinterest profile. And it's going to give the pin a little bit more detail than a regular pin without rich pins. Um, If you get stuck there, that's something that you could outsource and have someone set up for you. And it's not going to make or break your Pinterest success either. I think people get stuck like in the very beginning of like, I don't know how to claim my website and do the the tagging and that kind of thing, but like easily pay someone on Fiverr or something like a couple of bucks and they can do that for you. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did it. If I can do it, anybody can do it. I mean, I'm yeah, pretty tech sure. savvy, especially in WordPress, but still, I don't think it's that hard. It's not that hard. Yeah. Um, okay. That's awesome. Now. Okay. Anything else? Like, I feel like I've just kind of shot questions at you really quickly here, but you've answered yeah. all of them. And I feel, I feel like there's been so much value in this short, short amount of time. Good. Well, I'm happy. Um, anything else? Well, I guess just know that it's not going to be like an overnight thing. Um, usually it's going to take 30, 60, 90 days to start seeing traction. 
but just know that the life of a pin is 1,600 times longer than a Facebook or Instagram post. And so it'll take a little bit of time to start getting traction. But once you do, it's going to last so much longer than anything else that you're doing. And so think about how much time you're spending on the other platforms. And if you dedicated just a little bit more time to Pinterest, you're going to see a lot more bang for your time buck. And then think about the content that you're creating already. So Robin, you could take this podcast and repurpose it, trans like put like have a detailed show notes or transcribe it, put it on your blog, put it on Pinterest. And so if you're already creating content, you're doing the hard work already. So you might as well just repurpose it. So a YouTube video, Facebook live video, embed it, put it on your blog, drive traffic from Pinterest, um, and just make your content work for you. You know, that's exactly what I do is, you know, the, the podcast episode is an SEO ready blog post on the website. And then we use that to create content for Instagram, Facebook, and then we use it for YouTube. So Mm -hmm. my question for that though, like, do you put the YouTube link in Pinterest or do you only ever Mm. use the, the link to your, I always send them to our website because if you send them to social media, what, what happens when you go on social media? scroll. You get lost. Oh, you get lost. Yeah. So they went there to check out that thing, but before you know it, they get distracted and they forgot that they actually came there for a specific purpose. Yeah. And so send yeah. them to your website where you own and control the entire user experience and you can yep. set it up in a way that's going to convert to leads. Yeah. And, and you just mentioned the word own. And I think that is the key. We yep. don't own any social media platforms, nope. but what we do own is our website and our blog and our yep. email list. So yep. Anyone who is using any of those platforms, that's always got to be the key. Like you're, you're driving traffic back to your website. The thing that you own and can control, we can't control anything else. I think we have more opportunities on Pinterest just because of that. Like we're creating those pins, the it's a search engine. So it's not the same as a social media platform. Yep. Exactly. And I love that you said the longevity of the pins and how, Mm -hmm. how long they last and how, and I guess that is you know, new people come onto Pinterest or someone searches something new and then those old pins come up and that's how they have that longevity. It's wild. Like my fitness blog, I haven't touched Pinterest or that blog since December, 2017. I still get traffic like thousands of people every month. And sometimes I still make a sale and I'm like, how is this happening? (laughs) Oh my gosh. That's amazing. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Super cool. What a, what a great way to drive traffic for passive income. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Oh my gosh. I love this. I'm such a strategy geek. So I, my mind is like going 90 miles a minute right now on how I'm going to start shifting things around a little bit because I've been using this tool, but I can see how we can actually shift gears just a tiny bit and make a bigger impact. So for sure the business. So this is awesome. Rachel, how can the listeners connect with you, learn more about you, maybe even take your course? Yeah. So we have a podcast. It's called the She's Making an Impact Podcast. Um, And then if you want to learn more about Pinterest, you can sign up for my free Pinterest masterclass and you just go to freepinterestclass.com. Ooh, that's a great URL. You got lucky there. Easy. (laughs) That's fabulous. Thank you so much for being here. Listeners, if you found as much value in this episode as I did, will you please share it? 
tag Rachel and I on Instagram and if you share it in your stories or just share it with people that you know are trying to use Pinterest or that you think Pinterest could help with growing their business. We'd really, really appreciate it. And don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss new episodes and leave us a rating and review because that's how more people will discover us and get to receive this incredible information. Have a great day, everyone, and we'll see you next time. You've been dreaming big and have an audacious goal, but don't know where to begin to make it all come true. You're tired of spinning your wheels and investing in online courses that you don't have time to finish. You are finally ready to invest in yourself and your business to make your dreams a reality. And I'm here to help you. Together, we'll work on mindset, create a brand marketing strategy, and take intentional action to achieve the results that you want and your clients need. Work with me in my one-to-one six-month coaching program or for a VIP day. Not sure which is best for you? Schedule a free mentorship call and we'll decide together. Just go to www.therobingraham.com. Both options are invaluable. And that's a wrap, friends. If you enjoyed this episode and found the information helpful, please take a moment to subscribe and leave a rating and review. Ratings and reviews are how we grow and more people find the show. It would mean the world to me. And let's connect. You can find me on Instagram, Clubhouse, Facebook, and LinkedIn as The Robin Graham. Have questions about building a personal brand and business for success? Book a free mentorship call with me at www.therobingraham.com. Until next time, remember to smile.